Welcome to the motherfucking Groundwork Podcast, you know what I'm saying? The platform, the community, this where we at, man. My name is Josh Jordan, I'm here with... T-Code. We got a uh, very special guest today, you know what I'm saying? My dog, my family member, my business partner, Big Mike J. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I had to try a new intro today. You know what I'm saying? I just yell at the folks one time. <laughs> hey, look, man. Team shit. It's team shit. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we get two times in one sentence. We've been here before. We know what it is. As long as I don't go two and one, I don't get that mute button. So we're yeah, good. Yeah, and I can do the second one and cheat a little bit. Oh, uh, he might end up cutting us off from that. He might cut us off from nah, that. No, no, no. He laid the rules already. It's fucking over. Okay. Hey, look, man, before we get too deep into the shit, uh, you know what I'm saying? Let me just take care of this real quick. Uh, you know where we're at, man. This is We Are Sacramento. This is the Lost 906. We appreciate our family. You know what I'm saying? My dog Mario right here off camera. Uh, actually, we got the wide angle on today. Yeah, you might be able to see him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Our dog, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for making this possible and uh, and being so hospitable and letting us kick it in your space. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful space, straight up. Facts. Uh, shout out to motherfucking home team, City Sound, Soundbite, CSSB, you know what I'm saying? Uh, for all your media needs, whether it's audio, video, photography, merchandising, uh, and that includes uh, embroidery, screen print, and vinyl. Uh, make sure you tap in with the team, man. You know what I'm saying? That's where we're at. We're, at, we're actually right down the street from the loss, funny enough. You know what I'm saying? About a six minute drive. So <sighs> come say what's up to the team, man. Uh, today, special special guest behind the camera today, running the motherfucking camera. Shout out our dog, Connor motherfucking Helm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Our dog, Connie yeah. uh, The rare sound collector, you know what I'm saying? Real dope producer, uh, engineer in the city, you know what I'm saying? But he's running camera for us today, a real team player, you know what I'm saying? We love your life, brother. Don't fuck it up. Nah, bro, it's I'm easy. Fine. Look, bro, every 30 minutes, bro, we just got to restart the camera every 30 minutes. Look, bro, if there's ever any long um, yellow groundwork screens on this one, it's, uh, it's Connor's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, don't worry. The previous ones were on me. Yeah. yeah. Hey, team shit, man. Shout out, Mike. You know what I'm saying? But look, man, uh, where we at, bro? Is this 10? This is number 10. That's right, man. You know what I'm saying? Episode 10. If you guys haven't caught on, I'm asking cheat code every single time because I never know what the fuck is going on. I'm the one who knows the count. Yeah. That's my job. Thanks, bro. Yeah, and I make sure they get exported most of the time. <laughs> uh, they get there. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look, we appreciate everybody who's been tuning in. Uh, Mario actually sent us back some of our numbers and shit, and it was actually very dope to see. Um, you know, there's some devoted followers, but it seems like a lot of the people that are tuned in, they continue to tune in. They continue uh, continue to come back and listen. So if you're a return listener, just know that we appreciate you, man. We love y'all life, and thank y'all for tuning in. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is why we do this shit. If you're a new listener, dope as fuck. We appreciate y'all for pulling up. You know what I'm saying? The show's very basic. We go through three stages. You know what I'm saying? The first, first part's going to be uh, us talking about some local events. After that, we're going to talk to our guest today, uh, Big Mike J. Um, and then after that, we'll roll into uh, one of my favorite parts of the show, which is Groundwork Radio, where we'll showcase some local music. Um, so we appreciate y'all tuning in, regardless, you know what I'm saying? We're here. Mario, shit, you've been listening to us talk for 20 weeks or something, right? We're bi-weekly, it's a 10th show, that's 20 weeks, bro. We love you. Thanks, man. Team shit. Uh, should we jump into it, Cheats? Anything uh, else? Any other housekeeping shit? Um, nope. I'm getting pretty decent at that, huh, Mario? I'm all right, huh? I'll be learning from a pro. You know what I'm hey man, look, uh, as we jump into um, the first part of the show here, man, we talk local events. Um, today, if you're tuning in on drop day, it's the 20th of December. Um, so, what's up with the motherfucking team? You know what I'm saying? A couple days ago, uh, we were just at Hippie Holidays on the 18th. So, um, if you weren't there, you fucking missed it, make sure you tune in with the motherfucking recap um, and check that shit out. Recap. Yeah, man. Real team shit, man. Uh, coming up, 
1221, which is tomorrow, uh, as long as Rush Room doesn't change anything from between now and then, um, they're doing those open mics every Wednesday with Tiki, Tiki Booyah and... Uh, Jakari Smith has been there, I think, most times as well. So mm-hmm. shout out to my fucking team over there at the Rush Room. You know what I'm saying? Hosting those open mics. Make sure you go tune in with them and get that shit done. Connor, when are you going to go rap at the Rush Room? You be there. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, I really be there for real. Shut up. <laughs> All right, yeah. Team shit, man. Yeah, I've actually been saying I need to pull up, and uh, we need to make this happen. We need to go slide up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one more thing, man. Got to shout out the home team before we wrap up events. You know what I'm saying? We got the uh, Freestyle Fridays event on January 6th. Um, make sure you motherfucking tune in and, and slide up to the motherfucking event, man. Free XL Smoke Shop. 23rd. Yeah, Free Slice actually is the 23rd. Great motherfucking call. You know what I'm saying? Free Slice Friday is uh, going to be December 23rd. Uh, make sure you tune in with the page. We're down at Miller Park right at the end of Broadway. Um, come be a part of something bigger than yourself, man. That's some real dope community outreach going on out there. So come be a part of it. A whole lot of groundwork going on. Damn, what the fuck was that? They almost was going to bat. Hey man, let's uh, let's keep this shit rocking. Mike got me drinking this nine percent. You know what I'm saying? As far as y'all know, this is the We Are Sacramento beer. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. fuck you talking about? I'm keeping my hand right around this. You know what I'm we saying? We are Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, don't be showing the logo like that. But no, nah, man, look, uh, let's let's get into it. You know what I'm saying? Today's actually a real special day. Um, you know, one of our dogs is here. Uh, this is Mike J. You know what I mean? He's he's the uh, head of merchandising over at the CSSB building. And, um, you know, somebody that me and Cheat Code spend quite a lot of time around. You know right. what I'm saying? He he does a lot more than just that. But uh, but that's, that's you know, where, where it starts. That's the groundwork part of it. Um, yeah. But we're excited to kind of talk to you a little bit, bro. You know what I'm saying? You've, you've been a part of the community for, for a couple of years now, you know, um, before I know that you were down in Southern California and you, and you ended up popping up um, as we were kind of getting the keys to the building. We specifically always talk about that phone call of, hey, you know what I'm saying? And we got the keys to to the studio and um you know you've been a part of it from from the get-go so i'm excited to talk to you let you shed some light on kind of your journey you know what i'm saying i think that a lot of people get get the chance to to chop it up with you and and uh you know talk to you in passing um but i don't think too many people get to tear the layers back you know what i'm saying so uh, that's what we're here for man that's what this podcast is about you know what i'm saying yeah mike let the folks know who you is because we obviously know who you are but, but yeah. i want to hear from the man himself yeah you know it's been a wild ride you know i'm one of the owners of city sound like josh said i do merchandising you know do a lot of sewing that's my everyday is 24 7 embroidery you know we do screen print heat press all sorts of good stuff my life is sewing my life is embroidery I was just doing embroidery work before I came here for about nine hours. When I'm done getting away from here, I got another three or four to put in the business. So it don't stop and hopefully won't ever. But, you know, always elevating. You know, there's been bad times and good times with the shit. And it's just it's always growing. You know, it's always growing. How old are you, bro? 24, 1998, chopping up with you and chopping up with Colin and really getting, um, you know, looking at that shit back in the day, you know, a few years ago, I had no idea what it was. So if you were to break down kind of what embroidery is, um, you know, in lamest terms for the folks, just so they know what you do when you say you just put in nine hours doing what? Yeah. It's like, um, it's like drawing, but with a needle and thread. 
So anytime you see a design that's sewn into a hat, like a baseball cap that they wear in the baseball fields or a, a polo type of shirt with the little polo guy, anything that's a needle and thread is embroidery. Even you could see a lot on a lot of like women's blouses, even they have um, like mesh flowers and stuff like that. Even stuff like that is considered embroidery. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd be doing. It's done with a machine. So there, there is hand embroidery and that's the old school way, obviously, where people can really, uh, you know, get in there with the needle and thread and draw a whole image. But all my work is done machine based. So we get a design and we tell the computer pretty much how to draw the needle path and that's called digitizing. And then past that, we plug that thing in and we get the sewing. And once it's digitized, it, it draws the needle path with the sewing, the sewing needle and we, we draw a design. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Fire. I see this motherfucker have been doing this shit for hours on end. For right, sure. You know so, yeah. hey, Mike, so mm -hmm. for the people, you know, he kind of broke down a, a slight timeline and stuff like that, but, you know, not everybody knows in terms of, okay, you get to City Sound, but but you didn't start with the embroidery shit. What, what even, what compels you to even... How does that path transpire? This was a big moment in time, big moment in life. Uh, when when City Sound opened, you know, I was not an owner. Uh, Josh was my brother, my cousin, you know, and I, like you mentioned, I was coming up from Los Angeles. I was spending a lot of time with the, the Spider Gang guys and was really um, spent a lot of time with them as they were getting popular, you know, and got to, you know, I feel very blessed to be a part of a lot of success. And I feel like I contribute successful uh, qualities to any team so that they they were becoming successful at the time that we were opening City Sound. And like I said, I wasn't an owner yet or anything, but coming up to City Sound, I had some decisions to make, you know, and uh, it was natural. I ended up spending a lot of time at the, at the building, at the business, and I was doing things like editing photos, sitting at the front desk, um, greeting people, checking people in, cleaning, um, dishes, you know, I remember doing a lot of, of stuff just to help the business run. And then um, one of the owners at the time, he, he had an embroidery machine and there was an idea to do beanies for Freestyle Friday and we did them at his crib. And then uh, we brought, when City Sound was open, we brought the sewing machine to City Sound and, and it sat at City Sound for probably, you know, half a year, you know, like there, there was a stretch of time that I was not doing embroidery at City Sounds, right. you know, and it probably was the first five or six months at, at CS. And uh, I started cutting up all my clothes, you know, it was the middle of, clo of COVID and I started cutting up my wardrobe and I started trying to make masks and uh, I was cutting uh -huh. them things up and I was making different, you know, my wardrobe was all sorts of different types of fabric. <laughs> so I was making crazy masks and just learning how to sew, you know, not, not even embroidery yet, just sewing. Mm -hmm. I was sewing masks together and that elevated everything. Once I started using the machine on a day-to-day -day basis and I started sewing for real, you know, I'm no expert sewer. I barely know how to sew now, you know, but just even getting my foot in the door. And then I learned how to do my first design. Shout out Rick the Sheep, actually. That was our first design that I learned how to embroider. And, uh, that changed the game. Once I learned how to do that, I, I was, I never looked back. I still haven't really sewed since then. 
Like it's been embroidering yeah. since mm. that moment. Like, okay. yeah, that was a crazy one. He actually asked me to, to do a logo for him. You know, I was making these masks. He didn't even know what embroidery was himself, but he asked if I could sew him a logo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got the same problem then that I do now, which is I say <laughs> yes to all work. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's up. So we, uh, we tried it out. Like I remember that shit for forever. Like Josh was actually sleeping on the couch and me and Rick the Sheep woke Josh up to make a logo on Canva. And Josh made this little rocket oh, ship shit. with the sheep on it on Canva mm. and sent it to me. And then I outsourced the digitizing for that one. And I got the file back and I embroidered his logo. <laughs> like it was an incredible moment in time. Like I'll never forget that shit. That, that was heavy. And then from then on, it was to the moon. Yeah, we kept going. Just like the little logo we embroidered. <laughs> to the moon. Nuts, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy shit. Okay, so if we uh, if we go back before that, um, man, I gotta sneeze. Oh, I like you. you. Pardon me, but uh, I don't think I've ever sneezed on this podcast. Nope, first for everything. Hey, uh, but if we were to, if we were, first time I've ever heard you. Yeah, ever sneeze? Yeah, first time I've ever heard me sneeze. See, that's just crazy. Um, if we go back before the shit, you know, you said you, you know. I know the story, obviously, with the mask and how it transpired and how, how you got into the machine. But before that, you know, was any of the embroidery, the clothing, fashion at all, has it ever been a part of your life? Has it ever been something that you thought you were going to get into? I mean, how does – what do you think there was, was hidden there things? Path? Yeah, was there a path? How did, that, how did that transpire, bro? I was trying to make money. You know, I wanted to be a, a part of City Sound, you know, and I knew that that was a part of it, was making money. You know, like I, I could be here and hang out and be Josh's cousin all I wanted, but, and Josh would have me. Like, I mean that in a serious way, you know, like I, I could be that person, yeah, but I didn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I didn't want to be that person, you know, so I was focused on making money and, uh, you know, Colin, the owner at the time had sold me the idea that that was a moneymaker and I, I bought in, you know, and, uh. I uh, was just trying hard. You know, I remember X and I was another one of the owners. X and I really put the the groundwork, so to speak, into the machine. Like I remember, you, you know, from a guy that doesn't know anything about sewing or clothes or fashion, you know, like I'm passionate about sports and stuff, you know, so this was not in my reality, but quickly became a part of it just because of money and, excuse me, beer burp. Um, Quickly because of money, but also, you know, the, I, I felt like always and still feel like, uh, you know, clothing and fashion has a heavy, a heavy part to play in rapper world and in, in music and stuff like that. And it can obviously be one of the first ways that artists can make money. Not just me, the guy that makes them, but artists. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, I've had artists make way more money off the 10 sweater runs that we've done with them way, I mean, you could probably times 10 that number from the number of streams that they get played. And that's because they're smaller local guys, which makes a lot of sense. You're not making money off your music yet, but you're making money off your brand, your image, the people that you know. So having clothes and merchandise just in general, you could sell keychains or t-shirts or whatever it is, but having merchandise, I think is one of the first ways that anybody can start to make money. And it was a foundation for, for our business. And this, I, I think it should be a foundation for anybody who's trying to grow a brand. It's trying to have some merchandise, especially some high-quality stuff like embroidered. That way, you know, it's in there for life, and it's, you don't got to worry about it. Facts. Facts. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. 
It's like a new tune, see? <laughs> yeah, man, team shit. <laughs> but yeah, trying to make money. I started because I was trying to make money. Um, it hasn't wasn't really in my... I, I've always liked clothes and always liked to look, you know, dress sharp and to, to be cool and stuff like that. But I was never passionate about fashion. It, it definitely has grown on me. Um, but with that being said, I, I feel like I am now. You know, I feel like passion something that you can learn or at least that, you know, it can grow on you. And uh, it definitely has with fashion. Now that I live and sleep and eat all of this, it's it's my life. Like I feel like I I look at stuff and I see fashion. So that's what we on now. <laughs> yeah, know? man. That's it's just crazy. crazy, bro. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it is crazy how life transpires. You know. Um, all right, so something that we've we've done in the past with a few of the guests, and something that I'd like to do at least to a, to a minor extent. I'd like to go back even a little bit. A little bit further, you know what I'm saying, and um, I'd like to go touch a little bit on kind of your your upbringing in high school, and um, you know, getting through those years, and just you know, if even if it wasn't on the you know trajectory to get you to uh, doing clothing or fashion or or embroidery, you know, I think there there was there was something that obviously was leading to like entrepreneurship, or something that was obviously leading to um, you know not taking the the cookie cutter path. Of, you know, going to school, getting the degree. I mean, right. I mean, you know, this is a little bit from left field because obviously it's because I know you, but right. I mean, there was MLB dreams, right. Oh, yeah. it, you know, in, in, in pre preteen years and really early Even on. Even so, through high school. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, could, could you elaborate a little bit just on kind of your upbringing and middle school, high school, oh, yeah. kind of how that led into, you know, how, you know, being a business owner now, as opposed to maybe oh, yeah. you know, being an employee somewhere. Yeah, no, I was big, uh, passionate about sports still am, you know, like I, uh, Having that athletic background was heavy for my brain more than my body, believe it or not. Um, you know, I'm five, 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 six, 120 pounds. You know, like I was, I wasn't going to be an MLB player, but I always believed in myself, even though I knew those realities, it, you, because of guys like Dustin Pedroia and Jose Altuve that were my size playing in the MLB. So, you know, that was kind of the thing where. You know, some could say I was delusional and some could say I was chasing a dream, you know, but I was well into high school, still getting cut from the high school team, believing that I was going to be a major league baseball player one day. So that's one of those things that, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> heavy. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, my parents were always honest with me, you know, like they didn't want me to be delusional and stuff, but I was also honest with them, you know, like I'm putting in the extra work, you know, like I'm going to be a baseball. I'm a baseball player now. I'm going to be a baseball player in 10 years. Um, not quite how the cookie crumble, <laughs> you know, like as you keep elevating and such, you know, like, you know, obviously competition is what it is, you know, and there are kids from my class and in, in my town that are first round picks in the MLB that are playing center field. Uh, Dylan Carlson went to Oak Grove High School and uh, this graduated the same year I did and is playing center field for the St. Louis Cardinals right now. You know, it's like the, it wasn't just my my talent, but it was also the area and stuff. The competition coming out of our, our area is heavy, like real MLB players coming out of Sacramento. So it wasn't crazy for me to think that I was going to be one of them. At all. But it was crazy for me to think that I was going to compete with bro. But that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> Past that, yeah. you know, once uh, I, I broke my arm, my senior year of high school, and that's when I gave all that shit up. And uh, I started coaching baseball. And that opened my mind to, uh, you know, business and, and being, having a bird's eye view and learning how to win without being a player on the team. You know, that shit was huge. I was like, and, you know, teaching these kids and dealing with the parents and umpires and other coaches, um, 
it's stuff that I didn't even think about as a player, you know, like stuff that wasn't even in my scope of reality. All, all of a sudden, I'm getting stuff embroidered for the kids, you know, and I didn't even know nothing about embroidery yet, you know, but just a part of being a coach, you know, and uh, it was fun, you know, like I'd still like to go be a coach. I'd like to go do that, have that experience again. Shout out the Beavers and Doug Penny and Brent Tetlow. They, uh, they're almost like second and third dads to me. Like those coaches really put me on some heavy game about life and about how to act and about how to deal with failure and about how to how to win you know like we never we never won a lot of games whether I was a player or a coach but that's where I learned how to win and that's how I where I learned how to contribute to success I guess it was baseball and coaching baseball was heavy in in that path and that route for me I keep hearing you say um contributing to success, you know, and having those, those qualities that are, that are able to contribute. And I don't really have a question about it, but just something that I was pointing out, I guess, cause I think yeah. that it just kind of speaks a lot to, um, you know, where your head's at, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and there's, there's obviously a player role. There's a player role. Exactly. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's a, there's Everybody a, plays I, a role. yeah. Yeah. No, I feel heavy about that. I, uh, you know, I've never been, um, the, you know, big leader or the home run hitter or, you know, the guy that's leading the huddle, but I believe that I'm a huge part of success. Like I believe without me, it's hard to win or somebody like me. And I think that there are lots of people in the world like me, yeah. you know, but I feel like that it's, uh, you know, you need somebody to do everything. You know, we used to call them utility players, guys that can play the outfield and infield, a guy that'll pinch hit for you and he'll try to steal the base, you know, and he might not be the fastest or the strongest or whatever. That's why he's the utility player. He'll run his ass off though. He's there. <laughs> yeah, he's there. Something that you always say that I always took is, yeah, a lot of kids out there, but ain't nobody got a bigger heart. Yeah, no, As man. cheesy as that shit is, <laughs> as cheesy people, as that shit is, it's so real. People like, ask me that shit to this day. Fuck days. yeah. Three days ago, someone just asked me, <laughs> yeah. someone talking about, hey, Jordan, you hoop i told mm-hmm. him listen bro <laughs> i don't hoop necessarily <laughs> but i'm gonna have the most heart on the court yeah you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? so my hands is gonna be up you know what i'm yeah. saying i'm gonna be i'm gonna be hands in the face i'm yeah. fouling everybody i'm 180 pounds yeah you know what uh-huh. I'm saying? how about that you're gonna foul me out coach if you know how to <laughs> yeah. play my role if you know how to win and you tell me what to do i'm gonna listen to you like that's just the natural in me you know like if i can see that you're winning and I want to win, well, I'm going to listen to you. And it's not just because I respect your opinion or because I think that you're cool or because if I listen to you, I'm going to end up where you're going to be. Like, to me, it's just common sense. Like, if, yeah. you're, if you're winning or if I get, if I get that you for, from it. you, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, if I, if I get that opinion from you, then I'm, you know, I, I listen, whatever that means to, to me or to you, you know? Yeah, like, I think that... It's one of those things, like uh, I said, coaching baseball, you know, I, I related to a lot of the kids and I could also see myself in those kids. Like, oh yeah, I listened to cats like me before. <laughs> I'm also not, you know, and I think it's an interesting game. Yeah. All right, so boom, mm-hmm. you get through high school, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> so you, you don't go D1. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you to say the yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, you don't go D1. You know what I mean? Go D1 and, and uh, smoking bongs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so what's next? Is it, is it, it what? You go to a fucking Stanford University four years or what? No, I uh, I contributed to more shit. I, uh, I went to Arizona and I was living with you. 
Damn, and, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, I was 18 <laughs> and I graduated high school and I went to Arizona. And, and this is a real defining moment in, in my life. Uh, I went to Arizona and it was crazy times in life. You know, I was 18, fresh out of high school, out of Sacramento, California, and I moved to Mesa, Arizona. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have any idea. Like I didn't, uh, I knew I wanted to leave. When I was in high school, I wanted to play baseball at Ohio State University. And that's where my family's from is Ohio. Uh, but when my baseball dreams died, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to leave Sacramento. So I left Sacramento and I went to Mesa, Arizona, where, where my brother was living. And other than leaving, I had no plans. So I showed up and uh, was asking cousin how to get some money. Yeah. You know, like I showed up and I had gotten a transfer from the movie theater that I was working at. And I was shouting out, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I was working at. Laguna Century 16, shout out X James. He uh, he was my manager at the time, and he actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. team shit exactly. He actually uh, you know before all this business shit, we were still doing business shit. He was my manager at the movie theater, and he taught me how to and showed me how to talk to the boss so that I could get a transfer into go to Mesa, Arizona with my same job. So I went to Mesa with the movie theater job. Shout out X James, and then I'm sitting there with Josh, and I'm trying to think about how to get some money. You know, like I can pay rent with the movie theater. Game but barely and uh josh puts me on to top golf and uh we worked there for a while it was one of the most grueling jobs that i've ever had but i'll never Bro, forget the experience we worked on an indian reservation where there's not labor laws you guys got to understand that they're they're sovereign so they don't they don't follow the same 15 minute labor break laws. who no ain't no 15 minute breaks ain't no mandated breaks ain't no mandated lunches uh, uh, ain't no ot over eight hours no. none of that shit you want 16 hours Go ahead. It was a very grueling job. Yeah, we were, whether it was rain or shine, heat, uh, the haboobs, sandstorms blowing through, we were working at Top Golf. And uh, we were running upstairs, food runners. You know, they put the kitchen on the bottom floor, and there's three floors of tables. I don't know whose bright idea that shit was. But we on there on the stairs. And uh, that was a grueling job. I had that for a while. And then I actually worked at a retail store at the same time. I worked at spring training. I worked at the preseason for Major League Baseball. And uh, I looked at that as a plus of being in Arizona because I love sports and baseball so much. So I was like, let me run a play. And I did. And so we ran the play. I worked there. Uh, it's the opposite of Top Golf. Top Golf is probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. Um, Spring training is the easiest job I ever had. I was <laughs> making sure the mediums were in front of the largest. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm eating Tommy Lasorda and shit. I mean, like, it, it was a really fun job. Um, I did that for a little bit um, and was kind of treading water, you know, was hanging out with probably not the best people, was just treading water for a while. You know, this was probably a six-month time period. And then uh, my stepdad called me with the opportunity of a lifetime. My stepdad called me to work for this company called LS2 Helmets, which is now the number one helmet company in the United States. And I'm proud to say that I helped it grow there from scratch. When I got hired, I took the job. And uh, More contributing to success. Yes, most definitely. You know, when I got hired there, I was the only salesperson. Um, and I didn't get hired as a regular salesperson. I got hired as an inside salesperson, which if you know, that means phone calls. So I'm living in Mesa, Arizona, and I'm busting out 40, 50 cold calls a day to different businesses that sell motorcycle helmets. You could go from anywhere from a mom and pop shop to the biggest Harley Davidson. I'm calling you. 
And LS2 was already a pretty big brand in, in Europe. I think they were like two or three in Europe, but they were unheard of in the United States. This this was us branching into the United States was my phone calls. So we do this for probably two or three months and it's hard. You know, I don't have any sales experience and uh, I'm getting hung up on, you know, half the time. This is going on for two or three months. You know, I'm sitting there, hi, you want LS2 helmets? Yeah, no. Everybody and their mom's telling me to fuck off. But, um, you know, without me, it, it's hard work. You know, I'm, I'm not really enjoying it. And I'm doing it from my bedroom and I'm going through all these life changes. You know, at the same time, I've got this serious job and I'm realizing I'm having to change my life, trying to find success. You know, like I'm, I'm starting to smoke less and trying to do things to figure out this job. And uh, I don't figure it out, but it's figuring itself out. You know, as I'm banging my head against the wall, I don't realize that I'm actually making headway. And um, about two, three months go by of me making these calls. And my boss calls me. And uh, my boss was not my stepdad at the time. He, he didn't work for LS2 yet, but he was connected in the, in the industry so that he knew the job was coming. So I call my boss at the time and I uh, give him my normal breakdown of the day. It sucked. And he told me that things are about to change, that they're hiring outside reps. So, and and they're contractors, similar to how we run our business, you know? So um, I was an inside sales rep, an employee, and I now had, I now had help. I had outside reps. So when I was calling people across the country, doing these cold calls, I now had backup. There was somebody in that state that was in real life that could go in and meet these people. And uh, that changed the game for me. Like I started making these phone calls with the outside rep in that area. And I could either call them to tell them to go in or call the store and talk to them about the rep or vice versa. And that changed the game. And we started making sales like crazy. And I remember, I remember getting sales all over the country with these outside reps. How does that work? So when, a, when, a, when you say you guys bring on outside reps, right? You guys bring on these reps. I mean... So what do they, they take your brand, they take this LS2 brand to a, to a company like a mom and pop shop or Harley Davidson. They say, mm-hmm. Hey, buy these helmets and they get a back end percentage of For sure. what it is or something. Or how do they make it? For sure. So uh, okay. an outside rep is a dying, it, it's a dying uh, commodity. Like people, it, people aren't being outside reps anymore. You know, it's, it's going away with technology, but they're really like the cowboy salesman that you think of. An outside rep might carry six or seven brands. And go into a store and try to sell that store six or seven brands. And if that store is tied in with that rep, they might buy five. Oh, yeah, you know, Joe's coming in this week and I know he's got Fox Gloves. Well, yeah, we're almost out of Fox Gloves. We're going to buy more Fox Gloves from Joe. That's and where we we've fuck been. with Joe. Yeah, well, that's the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the game. Yeah. I'm calling you, telling you to buy LS2 helmets every week and yeah. it's not budging. But Joe's going to come in with one next week and it's going to be a little different because he's going to actually show it to you and he's going to tell you that you're going to double your money off of every one that you sell. It, you're almost silly not to buy it. And, right. and that was our business model was we cut margins on everybody and we, we were the best quality for that profit, for that price. And, and that's, they did that on purpose, LS2, you know, and then me getting educated and knowing that pitch and working with the outside reps, it became second nature. You know, it, we started to make the dealers feel dumb for not wanting to work with us. Whether it was the biggest Harley Davidson in the country or the small guy on the corner, it's like, well, if you're not trying to double your money, that's okay. You know, call somebody else. Well, if you're not trying you to know? pay $6 an hour for studio time. Go somewhere else. You can go pay 35 40 <laughs> I didn't heard the stories. <laughs> I heard the stories. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Team shit. Yep. Exactly. So, so sales. It's funny as we mm-hmm. as we tear these layers back. Yeah. It seems like this path has definitely been to use Chico's words. You know what I mean? There's definitely been a path that's been leading to this. You know what I mean? It it, it wasn't mm-hmm. as random or unthought of as as it no. may look like. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, helmets are also apparel. Even though I didn't look at it that way at the time, you know, helmets are still apparel. And that company now, LS2, also offers apparel now, like jackets with embroidery on them <laughs> and stuff like that. But I wasn't even thinking about that in that time. You know, we were just selling motorcycle helmets. So LS2 happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes to an end at some point, right? For sure. Okay. I was overwhelmed and I, I quit. And, yeah. and what mm-hmm. is that transition look like? What are you going to? I quit LS2 when I was 21 years old. I was living in a college dorm <laughs> in LA and uh, I just said, fuck it. Like I really was tired. I was getting headaches. I, I didn't, I didn't know what I bit off, you know, like I knew I wanted to be successful. I also knew that I didn't want to be a national sales manager. And that was pretty much the role that I was playing. You know, as I, I went from a salesman making 40 phone, cold phone calls a day to being a national sales manager. I was traveling around the country, just sitting with these outside sales reps, going into clients they couldn't close. I was, you know, when I wasn't on the road, I, I was a firefighter. I was putting out fires all day long. Problems, problems, problems. My helmets ain't here. My helmets ain't here. My helmets ain't here. Uh, you know, You're the head of contact. Yeah, for You're sure. You're the phone number. Yeah, I'm the phone number for sure. I'm the only employee. Everybody else is a contractor. Yeah, you could look up LS2 and find my phone number. You know, probably maybe still. It, it was the, it, it was happening even after I quit. You know, like it was one of those things where a rep don't have their shit in Kentucky, they're gonna call me. And and I, I took pride in being that guy for a long time. You know, and I'm sure you can imagine that shit wears down quick when you're a 21 year old man living in Los Angeles. <laughs> So 21 years old, what did you, you wrap that up at 22 or when, when do you finish that up? No, nah, I quit at about 21. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then uh-huh. what is, what is, what is that? What does LS2 to Sacramento look like for Mike? I, uh, COVID hit. Um, I, I wasn't, none of that was in my scope of reality yet as it was happening. You know, I had quit LS2. I had some money, um, this is a wild time in life, you know, my, uh, my room. I, so I had gotten into a college dorm and I was not going to college, but my, my roommate and I at the time had, we were college age guys and we applied and got approved for the fucking apartment. <laughs> so we were pretty much living in a college dorm. And then when, when he decided to leave after a year, he went to Nashville, Tennessee, shout out Chris. Uh, my dad came. And uh, my dad was living in Vegas at the time, you know, and it, it wasn't working out in Vegas. I'm on the phone with my dad all the time, you know, and it wasn't working out for him. My roommate's just leaving. I got an empty room, and I tell my dad to slide, and he does. So it's me and my dad living in a college dorm in L.A. <laughs> I had just quit LS2. Um, I needed some money. I'm sitting there talking with my dad about what to do, you know, and my dad— uh, encourages me to look within myself, you know, what I really like, X, Y, Z, and I decide that I like plants. <laughs> hey, and, I forgot about this one. Yeah, I decide that I like plants. Chico don't know about this. And um, I went and I applied at community college for this college called Pierce College in, in LA, which is the only college in California that has a farm attached to it. 
and uh, it's a community college and I got approved and all that shit. And uh, I also, at the same time, I got a job at Ralph's, which is like a, like a Rayleigh's or a Bel Air, it's a grocery store. And uh, I got hired there and I was stocking shelves. It was an overnight job. It was like a 12 to 12, it was graveyard shit. And uh, I had applied for community college to do this plant shit. So I was on the agriculture route. Like I, that's what I had said I was gonna do. So I was gonna do it. <laughs> And uh, I worked at Ralph's at this overtime, overnight job for like four or five months. And it was hell, like <laughs> hell. Now, at this time, by this time, I've worked quite a few jobs. You know, I'm coming out the sales people job and shit. Now I'm working overnight at a grocery store. I'm sure you can imagine the kind of people I'm running in with. The, uh, you know, the time frame's all fucked up. You know, like it, it, it was a wild experience. Um, I ended up leaving that. It's the middle of COVID now. And I, I leave the job. I, there's no plan. There's nothing. I just quit. And now this is, I've never done nothing like this in my life. I've never done anything like this in my life. I always have a plan. I'm always moving and grooving and, and figuring it out. And this time I just quit my job. I, and this was also one of the only jobs that I've, I've ever walked out of. Like I, I walked out of this job. I'm usually respectful and cool and, you know, two weeks notice X, Y, Z. This was one of those weird ones, man. I just walked out. I just, uh, I remember, like, I was going, I was using the bathroom, and it was like one or two in the morning, you know, it was middle of the night, to, to the job, job spot, and I'm, I'm using the bathroom, and uh, it's gonna be my lunch here in like 30 minutes or something, and um, I just left. Like, I remember that shit. Like, I just got in my car and went home. Like, I don't even, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't, I didn't cause a scene. I didn't, uh, you know, I remember them calling me and shit, you know, like after lunch was supposed to be gone and me just not picking up, you know, like, just fuck it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I actually, you want to hear a funny story? I got a speeding ticket on the way home that day. Oh, yeah, you was, getting, you was going home. Yeah. You said, I'm going home, And boy. it was in a school zone. It was a fat ticket. That's why I remember. Yeah, it was a fat ticket. But uh, that was heavy. That was a heavy day, and I had no plan. And, uh, you know, I, I loved what you were doing. You know, I'd always wanted to be a part of Freestyle Friday, and to hear that there was going to be a business opportunity was heavy for me. Like, I wanted that for you and for the team, and even selfishly, I wanted it for myself. So we came to Sacramento, you know, my, my dad and I did decided we were going to go back to Sacramento. Also, coincidentally, maybe not so much, the spider gang who I was hanging out with also decided to come back to Sacramento. So we were all going back and they were getting very successful at, at the same time that all this was going on. And, um, we all come back to Sacramento and instead of me hanging out with them on their wild ride and, and going on world tours, I stayed at City Sound. And I was doing the dishes and sitting at the front <laughs> desk and was learning how to sew. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. They were on world tours, the guys that I was just hanging out with two, three months ago in Los Angeles. But I never felt no type of way. You know, we talk about groundwork and shit, you know, like I was knee deep in it. I, I didn't even think about that shit. Like I was focused on trying to keep the doors at City Sound unlocked. <laughs> We've never talked about it until right now. Mm-hmm. Crazy, ain't you know it? what I'm saying? Yeah. That's life. Yeah, life shit. Yeah. All right. So, boom, that catches us up, man. You know what I'm saying? That gets us. You know what I'm saying? We just got the whole Mike J breakdown. Yeah. Um, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's It's been a ride, without mm-hmm. a doubt, man. Um, I like to ask a few things. Um, I know Chica probably has um, at least a couple questions. I know you got one of those uh, 
Yeah, I see. Hey, the camera can't see him, but he just gave me one of these eyebrow raises. Uh-huh. You got some questions for the kid. Hey, but, um, you know, when th- this podcast, right, this whole platform, right, Groundwork, you've been around it. You know what's going on. We've talked about it. But, you know, it's 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 about the processes. It's about what what people are doing a lot of times inadvertently because – is that the right word? Inadvertently? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, because they're so engulfed by – the grind that that they don't even know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? They're they're not even able to really. Not that they don't know what's going on. They, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know the mm-hmm. the finish line is not so much the focus point. Yeah. Um. You know when Mike J wakes up in the morning, right? Um. I know I know a lot about your grind. I know a lot about yourself. Yeah. But for the folks that don't, you know what I'm saying? When when Mike J wakes up in the morning, what what keeps you rolling, man? What keeps you going? Because a lot of people they wake up whether it's upset or or just not. Not determined just because there's a lot of adversity or there's a lot of walls to climb. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things to do, right? I mean, some of your days are 20 hours, bro. I know this for a fact. You know what I'm saying? It's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So, right, that leaves four hours for sleep. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, what is it, bro? Is there is there is there anything that you could, you know, maybe shed some light on for the folks that are that are trying to figure it out or they're that are right on the brinking, you know, right on the breaking point of of getting going? What does that mindset look like? Oh yeah. You know, I uh I don't always wake up excited. You know, but I, I, but I try to be excited about my day and my life every day. But I don't always wake up excited. You know, that shit's hard. You know, sometimes even today, you know, like I wake up and just yell. You know, like I'll wake up and be like, fuck. But like what you said, like what gets you there? You know, well, well it's like, well, I got shit to do. And it's not because I got shit to do because I got shit to do. I got shit to do because I want to be something. Because I want to be somebody. Because I want my business to be something. You know, um, it's heavy. It's bigger than myself. You know, like I could wake up and lay down and live my life and sleep in my car and go get a job and do whatever, you know, but like it's bigger than just myself. It's bigger. The people around me need me to win. And that's not like my parents or my family or my friends. Like I signed. Team shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Team shit, you know, and that's like, it ain't, yeah, it's regular to me now. Like, you know, I keep talking with That's why we're talking about it, because it's regular to you. But it ain't regular to everybody. Nah, it uh, it wasn't always, you know, like I... I remember waking up at Top Golf, you know, even thinking, you, you know, like I, I used to put on music. Yeah, I used to put on the AKA Frank Dollar Bills, you know. I used to put on I used to put on music that would help me see the light. Um, you know, and and, and as you probably heard, you know, my mindset has has changed a hundred times, you know, uh, about what I've wanted to do and such. But but at the end of the day, I've always known that I, I was going to be successful. And I think that's the difference. We talk about doing and trying and all that shit. I've always known I was going to be successful. It wasn't a question. Like, it wasn't, uh, I just had to do it. And still, I still have to just do it. You know, like, I know what it takes to, to win. And, and you do too. You know, everybody does. You know what you're supposed to do when you wake up. You know what you're supposed to do when you wake up. Some people do it and some people don't. Clip that shit. Yeah. yeah. You know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and that's that shit. It is you wake up in the morning and there's shit to do. Yeah, I got a thousand things to do. It feels like I got ten years of work to do, but that doesn't unmotivate me. It gets me excited. Like I'm blessed to have that much work in front of me. <laughs> I've been bored for a lot of my life. You know, like to have that much work is exciting to me. 
Like I could have, I got the next 10, 15 years lined up. I just got to do it right. So Mike, let me, let me mm-hmm. tear your mind back for a second mm-hmm. to that person that's bored at the house right now, mm-hmm. watching the video. What's the first step, man? Oh, you got to get excited. Like I've been talking about, I said, get excited about something. You know, there's, there's something out there. You know, I was sitting there bored and my cousin's calling me about city sound. I didn't know that this was going to be an opportunity for me. And, and like I said, I, I feel blessed to be able to have the opportunity to contribute to success. Um, and, and you do too somewhere, you know, as some, uh, a baseball team or somebody that, you know, the school that you used to go to the job that she used to work at, you know, like there's plenty of opportunities to, to help. And that's definitely where I found my help. lane. Yeah, exactly. And help. Yeah. It's, I found my lane in, in helping others. For in, it's. I believe that life is a paradox. <laughs> There's a lot of things that exist that, are, you know, the opposites are often true, which is a weird thing to think about. But that's one of those things. You know, it's like the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. You know, it's kind of one of one of those things. That's your create your own luck type of mentality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like it's, for sure. It's a, it's a wild one. You know, life's a paradox. All right, Mike. Uh, let me ask you something that... Cheech, you, Cheech, you want to tune in? I've been over here asking my own cousin <laughs> questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got some? Yeah. Hey, no, it's no pressure because, you know what I'm saying, I got a thousand things I got to ask, bro, because I'm going to be honest with the tam- with the camera, with the team, with everybody, yeah. right? I mean, brother, we've been business partners for a couple years now, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty not often that we get to tune in as brothers, as family members, you know, I mean, a lot of times our conversations are business oriented. For sure. So, you know, this podcast mm-hmm. is very much so in itself a very organic conversation that a lot of times we don't, we don't get to have these. Yeah, you know I agree. So, it's special uh, for sure. Yeah. But on mm-hmm. that same tip, cheat code. Yeah. You it's got some shit. In a very you know similar you, aspect. You have some, it, probably more so, right? I mean, you guys have almost an only professional relationship. Yeah, Chico probably didn't know a lot of the stuff that probably is come out. I knew, yeah, yeah, I knew a lot of it, actually. Oh, from, good. From, from conversations. Good. Like <laughs> I know I have a different perspective of question because I'm not your family. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I know what is family, though. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what I mean in, yeah. in, in that sense because everyone, everyone looks at it differently. But but in terms of, like, I don't got your last name and I haven't known yeah. you my whole life. Big facts. So that I mean, Chico yeah, been locked I mean, in for about a year and a half. I have yeah. known him since birth. Yeah. But it almost do though, right? I mean, it's it's real team shit, bro. I mean, I mean, yeah, man. We don't want to get too deep on this in the show, man. Like, I'm looking at the camera because we're drinking and this team shit, man. But look, man, it's my family member, Chico, our late brother. You really my brother like a motherfucker. This is my brother right here. You know what I'm saying? It's team shit. Um, Mike been a part of the team for, like you were saying, way before he was really on paperwork and before shit was up. You know what I'm saying? And um, has done way more than play his role. You know what I'm saying, brother? You've done way more than that. So... Um, let us give you your flowers publicly. You know oh, what I'm saying? We appreciate, we appreciate you. you. You know what I'm saying? And and keep doing your motherfucking thing. Um, something that Chico... Ooh, shit. Something that Chico asks a lot of the time, and I'd like to ask you if that's okay with you. Um, I don't know if you know the question that's coming. I don't, actually. Um, perfect. That's what I like to hear. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I watch our shows. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, hey, man, um, you know, you don't got to get too deep but or, or too elongated, but um, how how would you measure success? You know what I'm saying? Where would you... Where do you put those um, those those thresholds, those points? Yeah, it's internal. I think success is a level of comfort. 
you know, like we, we talk about being comfortable and, and, you know, thriving in uncomfortable situations. And I think that's what breeds success. That's a level of comfortability. I think that if you're comfortable where you're at, you're successful. It's very, it's very, um, simple answer. Simple answer. I like it. It's a good answer. Yeah, man. Shout out my dog. Um, you know what I'm saying? Big Mike. So, you know, we talk about City Sound a little bit and then the, the whole business ownership and stuff like that. What what point did you know that you weren't going to work a regular job? Did that come in all these, you know, all these flashbacks here that we talking about? Or did that come, like, as a youngin? Like, what, what was it? It know? came as a youngin. Okay. When I decided I was going to be a professional baseball player, I knew that I wasn't going to have the same type of job that my mom had. You know, and it's no knock against my mom. She's one of my biggest role models in life when it comes to hustling and getting, you know, starting anything from nothing. You mm-hmm. know, like my mom does that and has done it for her whole life. But facts, you know, like true hustler, you know, like really just uh, <coughs> has always just went and got it, you know. And uh, I took a lot of inspiration from that, you know, and I, uh, I knew that I didn't want to work in an office, but that I wanted to be like that. You know, like I knew that I didn't want my mom's job. Like I was never going to be like, yeah, exactly. Like I was Hmm. never going to be the vice president of a computer software company. Hmm. You know, like that's total. When I talk about shit, that's not in my reality. (laughs) That was planets away. (laughs) But, but the attitude and what my mom did was like, I saw it every day. That's how I grew up. You know, like I wanted to be like my mom, you know, like uh, to me, my mom was a boss. You know, like I always looked at her as a boss. She was, a, she was actually the boss of other people. I'm gonna you tell know? you guys, her nephew. Yeah, she was the boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she no, was no. the boss. She was the yeah. boss. Mm-hmm. Just hey, Aunt Laura, if you watching, you the boss. <laughs> you the boss. <laughs> always <laughs> been, always been will be. <laughs> Gonna be the boss. Yeah, been so, the boss. Always. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to be like that. I wanted to be the boss, and it wasn't just about making decisions or being treated a certain way or something. Like I saw my mom bend the world how she wanted it and that shit was heavy to me you know like my mom's (laughs) a country girl from columbus ohio you know and my mom has done things like worked in the trans america building in san francisco and that's that big pointy motherfucking building when you're crossing the bridge yeah she's been in major earthquake yeah she's been in major earthquakes she's been in mass shootings she's been in shit that isn't even super glamorous my mom's waited in the unemployment line you know, like my mom's done shit that, that maybe isn't super glamorous, but all stuff that led to success. You know, like my mom's got a resume of shit and it's not all good or all bad. Like she's got a resume and I've always looked up to that. Like mm-hmm. she's lived a whole life, you know, yeah, like it comes with understandings. Yeah. Yeah, there's a you level know? of understanding that comes with that, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a level of perspective. Yeah, that she comes chose with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. She chose mm-hmm. how she wanted to live. Big facts. Um, so then, because you know that it's it's not going to be the same, you understand what it is that the, the, the mentality is not going to be the same. But you now, uh, let, let's skip the part where, because we already talked about, you realize it's not going to be baseball. Yeah. So the sports <laughs> is out the window. What what point does um what point does the reality of of even thinking about any type of business boss situation like where does that come in to play with with all these jobs that you have and and what are, where are some of the first seeds of like really like 
I'm not going to work at Ralph's. I'm about to walk the fuck out. Yeah. So, so what else? What is it really? Like, what does the business ownership really look like? What does that type of shit look like? It's so crazy. First of all, it's incredibly difficult. Like, when I was working at Ralph's and I walked out, I had no idea what I was signing <laughs> up for. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, really wouldn't. Um, it looks crazy, though. You know, like, uh, when I think about the future and I think, you know, talk about, like, what success looks like and... Man, man, it looks crazy, you know. Like I, uh, I never could have saw this for myself. For one, <laughs> you know, like I, I think about myself two years ago, and and I couldn't have seen this for myself. I, I saw success in maybe being a business owner. Um, the route though, the the route was very uh, muddy. You know, the route was hard to see. You know, uh, there was a lot of changes. You know, business partners leaving and shit, stuff that even opened the door for me to become an owner, mm. you know, stuff like that. I uh, I didn't necessarily see on the horizon. That that was really like, like life happening to me. Um, but I guess a lot of like what Nipsey Hussle says and shit is opportunity meets preparation. You know, I, I was uh, always made sure that I was prepared for what was coming next. You know, that if uh, if they were going to hand me a key that I was going to be ready to unlock the door. You know, that type of shit. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like I said, clothes or the owner of City Sound. You are locked no out my fucking door. I had no idea. I, I've always loved the music, you know, like like okay. this uh, This has made sense. Th- this makes sense, you know, like when I think about my life and, and yeah. being an owner of a music studio, I've always loved music, you know. Uh, that was, yeah. That was my other, going to be my other question anyways, because you don't have to look at uh, the industry that we're in yeah. and think, wow, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> because Facts. it does work like that sometimes mm-hmm. because it definitely, people do get lost in, in yeah. some of the, you know, extra shit. Facts. But I think the people who really pay attention look at it and think, oh, hell no. Nah. That, 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 <laughs> it's not for me type shit. Yeah. About? <laughs> I'm about to go over here <laughs> Big and do facts. This. So what even like, what even compels you to walk through that door for real? Because yeah. you, you've seen, you talked about how, you know, we know and some people know that City Sound started with Freestyle Friday. So you saw Freestyle Friday and you understood what, the, what you were going to get into if yeah. you walked through that first door. It's, what makes you go through the door? <laughs> it's like a culture shock. It's like a curiosity. You know, I, I was messing with the Spider Gang a lot, like I said, and I, I was already in the music music world. Um, you know, we were throwing shows and such, uh, but it was very different. You know, like we were uh, mosh pits. Yeah, it was very different. It was mosh pits. It was it was trap metal. It was like making metal music. You know, it was. Uh, the culture was nothing like it is. You know, I, I had no idea. I, I mean, I did. I'm from Sacramento, but but I had no idea the depth <laughs> of what we were diving into. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but but I, I walked through. I, I wasn't afraid to walk through, you know, like I'll say that. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. anything that, that deterred me from opening the door, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I wanted to do it. I was curious, you know, like I didn't know what, what the, what what world was. Yeah. You know, I was curious. Um, I had felt like, you know, and this is part of the ego, you know, like I had felt like I was ready for it. You know, I had just been throwing shows in LA and been doing the, the, the Dougie, you know, but I, I also didn't know that it was completely different. 
you know? Right. So it, it was a, a lot coming at once, you know, like that did talk about a battle with your ego, you know, <laughs> you felt like, you know, I, if I wasn't here, you know, I, there was moments where it felt like, you know, if I wasn't standing here in this warehouse, I'd be on a world tour right now. And that's a selfish feeling to feel, you know, like it's not my world tour. It's not my X, Y, Z. I just know the guys, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, it's a lot to feel about, you know, and that was like a big battle with my ego, but also it helped me get into the door. Like I wasn't afraid of any of these guys. I had dealt with cats that were much, much, much crazier. Like cats thought that they were the biggest bad guy or, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, I know cats that are really you know, do shit that's twice as crazy and won't talk about it. Like, we'll just do shit and really catch you off guard, you know? And that shit's scary. And that's that kind of shit that I used to deal with. And and coming to Sacramento, you know, like, I felt like I was prepared for whatever was coming. And uh, I didn't know exactly, like I said, how deep we were diving in or anything, you know? So a lot of things did catch me off guard. But <laughs> at the same time... Like I mentioned before, you know, we had been through a lot and I wasn't afraid of anything and, and was just really focused on trying to make some money. You know, brother kept talking about yeah. we got to make some money. And that's what I was like, yeah. that's what the gear was on, you know, and that's where the clothes and the masks yeah. and all that shit came from. And like uh, even before then, you know, I was trying to make money with the email list when I was trying to check people in. I was going to say we've been yeah. We've been good employees for a long time. Yeah. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, shout out Boss Mandula. I was editing his pictures before I even touched a sewing machine. Cass oh, would take dog. Cass would take pictures in in the studio and shit, you know, pictures of them rapping or throwing up a fucking peace sign by the microphone. And I would turn down the brightness at the front desk and charge twenty dollars. And I would that's that was life, you know. And he I would adjust the contrast too. <laughs> yeah, for hey, sure. Mark, he adjust the contrast too, bro. For sure. My photographer yeah. homie over here yeah. looking crazy. My photo homie yeah. like just the brightness. I mean, look. <laughs> It was a full, we was in Adobe for real. I was, <laughs> I was in Adobe for real. Hey, look, it was a 10, 15 minute edit, but I was in Adobe. I was editing that thing. Yeah. That's $54 a month. You hear me? Yeah. Talk about it. That's what the you sweet hear me? Yeah. I was editing pictures and that kind of stuff. Like even before it closed, I, I, I thought I was going to be the best photo editor. Hey, Mike. <laughs> It's yeah. one thing you haven't said today. I'm going to have to say it for you, I suppose. Please. You always have told me. It's something you told me, bro. You've told the team. You've told everybody. It's something mm -hmm. you know what? Now you know what I'm saying? Huh. No, I'm, do you? No. no. Come on, bro. You tell the team. We don't got to show up. Oh. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Big part of my path. You don't got to show up and work nine, ten <laughs> hours. Work the hardest shift you ever worked in your hardest life. You're sweating. can barely fucking stand up. But you got to show up every day. You got to show up every day. It's a big thing Mike's told me, man. And mm -hmm. it's something that's resonated in my life, right? You guys got to understand, mm -hmm. right? Mike, four years younger than me, right? If you guys have family members in your life, you know. That's enough. That, that makes this my... Little cousin, you know oh yeah, I really ride for bro. You know what I'm saying to really, really go to the to the depths of the of the world for him. You know what I'm saying. But at the same time, there's things he's taught me. You know what I'm saying. And that's that's one of them ones for real. I always want to show up and and put in the longest shift. I, I pride myself in saying I show up the earliest, I leave the latest. You know what I'm saying. It's something that I hold on my own. But some my dog told me his brother ain't even about that for real. You show up every day, mm -hmm. put in your work, do what you need to do. Shit's gonna work out. 
Probably gonna you know work the longest shift anyway. Yeah. It's <laughs> Say balance, that bro. Again, Chico. <laughs> it's balance. You know what I'm saying? You gonna work the longest shift. Exactly. <laughs> you gonna work the longest shift. You gonna work the shorter yeah. shift. You gonna work all of them. It's you all gonna saying? happen. Yeah, you gonna go home early some days. Some days you're right. gonna stay way past right. twenty. It, yeah. Yeah, it'll work. It'll you know. It'll come out in the lot. Yeah, it'll work out in the wash. The yeah, second, man. you know, a baseball term that I used to think about was you should never count outs. It's bad luck when you when somebody's throwing a no hitter yeah. or a perfect game it's bad luck to count outs oh he's got because there's there's 27 outs in a baseball game there's 27 outs in nine innings so when a pitcher gets six or seven innings through a game the outs, outs yeah the outs become real easy to count yeah. yeah and it's bad luck you're not supposed to count outs in a baseball game and i i take that into life is you're not supposed to count the outs like you're not supposed to get, when you're at work and you're counting the hours down or you're counting how many garments you got left or you got you're counting well, well how much time do i really got yeah, like, bitch, you've already lost. You're not ready for pitch 11. You're ready for pitch 10, you know, but that's the shit where it, it's not even, it's not in my mindset to work the extra hour every day. It's just in my mindset to, to do it, whatever that means, you know, like, this is do, get it done. Yeah, exactly. Like, Deliver it. Yeah, if I'm off early that day, I'm off early that day. God bless I'm off early that day. It's healthy for me, you know, but most days I got a lot of stuff to do. You know, and most, yeah, most days, like Chico said, most days you're the last one out. Just, just because, yeah, yeah, just because, yeah, that's where my bar's at. And and it's not, you know, and it's not saying that your bar should be higher or lower. It's just, that's where my bar's at. Everybody's bar is different. Like I said, your success is where you're comfortable at. If you're comfortable being where you're at, don't do the extra shit. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be, you're going to piss away your extra money. You're going to do shit like that. But if you're, if you're comfortable with it all and you want it all. Then go get it all. You yeah. know, that's where you'll find comfort. Facts. Mm-hmm. Clip that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Team shit, man. Uh, Mike J. Yeah. We love your life. We appreciate you, man. Love y'all, um, man. Before before we wrap the interview, just because I know it's a big part of the movement and a big part of what's going on, just want to ask you to shed a little bit of light of... Um, what you've been up to these last few months and, and where your partnerships have been lying and kind of where you've been spending your time um, for your days because it's been a lot more than just city sound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's been a lot more than just sound bite and it's been a lot of more a lot more than just Freestyle Fridays. And you've been spending a lot of your time in El Grove. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What's you going know. on, man? Well, well, you know, just, you know, About. before we get to Groundwork Radio, I want to know what you've been up to. About six months yeah. ago. Yeah. About six months ago, I trade. I, I made a trade. About six months ago, I made a straight trade. I traded a Ray Lewis for a Ray Lewis, and I ended up getting some money. And um, this is one of those wild, wild situations in life. Um, you know, I, I could have never have seen this shit coming in my entire life. I uh, I was in a wild situation. Um, we were moving businesses, you know, and I was uh, breaking up with my girlfriend. Um, I didn't really know what was on the horizon for me about six months ago. And uh, I had always known this guy, Ray, <laughs> from the movie theater. We used to work with him back when I was in high school. I used to work at the movie theater. And um, I'd known Ray from then. Josh used to work at the movie theater as well. And I- I've known Ray for a long time. And Ray's always been cool. And he's always had this brand called Luxury Inter- by Innervation. Ray Knox, and, episode uh, eight. Yeah, he was on here a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I'm sure you could see a lot of parallels in between what Ray and I do. And uh, it's because Ray and I work together. You know, he, he uh, a couple, about six months ago, like I mentioned, we had a conversation about joining forces. And uh, it was really brought on by uh, me going through all of all of these life changes like I was talking about. And at the same time, you know, Ray was getting into a new situation at a new shop. And um it just so happened to work out. You know, Ray Ray helped bring me on and uh I ran with the ball, you know, and, and still am trying to, you know. I just left a left a late day to come here do this podcast straight from there, you know. Ray standing there right next to me trying to figure out how to make the machine work. You know, <laughs> we're working on a brand new, you know, we're on a forehead Racoma machine. You know, we got four needles going at once. Uh, there's 80 needles in front of me now compared to one, you know. Um, the game's changed. And shout out Ray and shout out Lewis, you know. That shit's crazy to me. Yeah. I wanted to, to ask you that too before we wrapped up. Yeah. Um, because you haven't been in it in the particular thing that you do now. It might not have been as many years put in as maybe some other people we talked to. Mm-hmm. But I still consider you an expert in the industry. So in the oh, short amount of time that, that you've done it, how has it changed even from when you started now to, mm-hmm. to where it is now? Oh, it's way more serious. Way more serious. When I started, it was very much about uh, creativity, figuring things mm-hmm. out, what what maybe could sell, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and now my day's filled with client orders, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, my boss's client orders, you know, Lewis or Ray, or my client orders, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that could be anywhere from 50 to 100 units, you know. Um, and, and I still try to make time for my creative stuff, but you talk about where where is the mind state, mind state gone? It, it's gone from creative to to work like a actual like clocking into a job and, and and I don't do that when I go over there I don't clock in I'm I'm I am like my own boss I am quote unquote like helping them out but uh at the end of the day you know those guys are bringing <coughs> the work yeah. you know and yeah. I'm I'm doing it you know and I'm doing it for them you yeah. know and and at the end of the day I'm doing it for money yeah. <laughs> you know so my my mind state's changed from from that to that yeah and then also, like I'm, I'm always trying to build my own brand and, and our, our brand, you know. So whatever I can take to the big shop and use their technology and use their machinery, I do that. So my work now, from where it was six, seven months ago, it's jumped up about two, threefold. <laughs> yeah, like my shit's not only gotten more work in terms of volume, but quality. Like my quality's gone way up since I've got hired at the job. Can you talk about two? Because I think it's um, it's especially interesting when we talk about anything um, within our creative, you know, industry and, you know, the type of work that we're looking for and, and all this extra shit and everything that everybody decides that they want to do. Can you talk about the difference in work, like who you're doing stuff for? Because we'll talk about that out of nowhere and be like, oh, wow, like that's a completely new yeah. avenue. Can you talk about like some of the difference in that oh yeah so uh this is that this might be the biggest difference actually you're right this is uh you know i go from making ski masks with (laughs) you know uh this client wanted me to make a ski mask with a ski mask on it and the ski mask is smoking you know and i'm doing shit like that and i'm doing uh you know products that say i'm so toxic on it 
you know, and dealing with people that uh, are haggling with me with price and haggling with me over, uh, you know, certain placement and doing stuff like that versus now it's like if I don't have 20 or 30 pieces done, regardless of what it looks like where it's at, you're losing. You know, like it's way different. I've, I've found that when you have somebody that's willing to spend $10,000 versus $1,000, there's a lot less questions when you're dealing with a $10,000 guy, which is funny. You'd think it'd be backwards. You're spending more money. You'd think you'd have more questions, right? You want to make sure it's right? You're spending $10,000? No. You're spending $10,000. How about you go run? You know, like, how about you go do what I'm paying you 10 grand for? You know? In the uh, Shooter P interview, mm-hmm. we asked him a question and, he, and there was a conversation that transpired that was like, you know, <coughs> the $5,000 client is yeah. just going to pay you his money, mm-hmm. get the work, and if he doesn't like it, he's never going to book you again. Yep. And it's the as $50 as that. client mm-hmm. is going to text you <laughs> and tell you, you have my whole life in your hands. <laughs> this you is not everything. If you fuck oh this up, God. you fuck me up. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, I always this feel like it's common. important. Yeah, and I always feel like it's important to hear the, the difference in, in people too just because, like I said, we just have this, this one-track mind of like who it is that it's going to be that it's going to be the clients. And if you're an actual service person within this industry, there's way more shit out there for you to be doing than for sure. than one or two things. Yeah. yeah. Facts. One of the big things that, that turned me up was schools, you know, is when I got this new gig with, uh, with Ray and Lewis, um, you know, I had no idea how much schools would be taking my time. Yeah. You know, but even just tonight, we did eight hours of Elk Grove High School, you know, and uh, I've shout out Grove High School. For real, shout out Elk Grove High School, you know, and I'm, I'm getting money to do that. And I take pride in that, you know, and it's not my order. I didn't get the order because I don't know the person at Elk Grove High School, but I do now, you know, I, I do now and I also do the work for them, you know, so that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. And, and that is in the same sense that we're talking about, it's easier and it just puts a little bit more pressure on me because it feels like there's more pressure when there's somebody on your line. It actually means there's less pressure. Like when there's, you know, when they've given you the week and a half to do it, you know, I, I just got an order for a big metal band and they're on tour across the country right now. And they quite frankly don't have the time to check in on their hats. Yeah. But I know I know. You know the due date. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they need them. They expect yeah. those motherfuckers to land. <laughs> I know. You know, and, and they're checking in enough that it, it's apparent to me, you know, that they care and they've sent money through and X, Y, Z. So that kind of stuff is, is heavy to me when it comes to the kind of work that I'm doing and to uphold the quality and such. Um, so it's easier dealing with uh, bigger clients because uh, they're not as much of a headache, but it's harder because... The pressure's on, you know, like I'm getting the bigger client because they expect something out of me, whether I can do it or not. Yeah. They, exactly. They're expecting this out of me. The job, yep, exactly. <laughs> they're expecting this out of me and I better rock it, you know, and if I don't, it's, it's fine, but they're probably not going to call back. <laughs> so that's that, you know, I'm always looking for the callback and that's one of the hardest parts about this job is getting... You know, I could always take blame for how well the product sells, but that's one of the variables in this whole equation, you know, is I make product and sometimes Mm -hmm. it sells, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a combination. Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes I was late, so they didn't get to go to the event that they were supposed to sell it all at. Sometimes, uh, you know, I didn't do it the color they wanted and they told people to pre-order in that color. Um, sometimes I do it just as they asked and they don't have the clients to sell it. Sometimes, you know, like there's a lot of variables in making product. You know, it's not as simple as making and selling, but it is if you can. But that's always the variable if you can. Your game. Hey, man. Big Mike J. Head of merchandise in CSSB. It's up. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to the moon and back and then to the moon again. Come on, man. Team shit. I'm trying to hurry up and fall off so I can blow up again. She hear me shit like that, man. Talk mm-hmm. about it. Hey, man. As we uh, as we wrap up this very dope, dope interview with my motherfucking dog, my brother, you know what I'm saying? My blood cousin, for real, if we're going to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get ready to push into uh, part three, Groundwork Radio. I know Mario ready to get to his motherfucking crib. <laughs> 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 It's 723. We love you life for it. Um, hey, man. Mike, we appreciate you, bro. Is there anything you want to, uh, any words you want to leave with the folks before we wrap the interview, man? Shit. Go hard. Go big or go home from Big Mike J. <laughs> go home. No, not go home. Go, go big, big or, go, or home. go home. But if you ain't going to go big, just go home. You know what I'm saying? Team shit. My mom wrote that in my yearbook in the seventh grade. I've been living by it ever since. Shy and Laura again. And Laura, you got two shout outs. I hope you watched this whole interview. <laughs> Sorry we cussed so much. I'm sorry. Hey man, that's my Laura, man. She know me since birth. I talk about I know yeah. Mike since birth. She yeah. know me since birth. <laughs> yeah, if there's it. anybody that know us, it's her. Yeah, San Laura. Talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Um as we uh, as we wrap up, man, we're gonna push on to motherfucking groundwork radio. Chico, I got a song. Mike, you got a song? I got a song. Chico, you got a song? You're, we're lit. We synced up to Bluetooth? Yeah, we should still be in there. All right, let's get to it, man. It's motherfucking Groundwork Radio. Welcome to Segment Motherfucking 3. Whoa, what shit. What is happening? That sounds like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, that was Chico. <laughs> hey, man, team shit. Team shit. Chico, you going first or what? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. Okay, you going first. I was waiting first. for you to... I'm just like... <laughs> hey, look, man, I got my song. You guys just... I'll type it in after you type in yours. Michael, type in his. Whatever we got to do. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. Got an artist. His name is Miles. I saw him performing uh, in SF a couple weeks back. Dope dude. So I just went and peeped the music and shit like that. Uh, yeah. It's just Miles? Bound, yeah, just Miles. M-Y-L-3-Z. Okay. So that's that would be... Yeah. Uh, the song's called Balance. Fire. Groundwork Radio. Miles. Balance. Skinny. Catching my balance, the challenge ain't complete till I grip the chalice and fly away. Releasing my mind from where it's at in this cage. Yeah, swift in the mind like I was key framing when locksmith in my westing up in more than a wild wow. Ready for whatever comes to me. Niggas think they on my T. I send emoji expressing they dumb funny. Behind the mic ain't no friends in this. No dual citizens in my country. Drake Mac turning face the is ugly. Both sides of a coin flip. See, I be a double edged sword. Many will leave with me. You get carnivore. On wax, I'm missing Miyagi, son Daniel, more 50 than 51. Beat shells on the pavement to see a shark where I'm from. Yeah. Keep it smooth and let it flow with the breeze. My only standard is to do as I please.
please Speak on what I know and nothing more Until I know more than before You can't hear this game and not absorb it I kept it simple for you in the course In this verse I'm painting portraits Listen in and you might learn something Real shit Fuck it, I'ma do my ducky Till I see that the whole world love me Fuck it, I'ma do my ducky Till I see that the whole world love me Slipping, falling, catching my balance. The challenge ain't complete till I grip the chalice and fly away. Releasing my mind from where it's at in the cage. Been the pick of the litter. Born as a run, why my conversation so blunt? Keep it semi-optimist, prominent cut. Tougher than leather, more better than better. Whenever I come through your speakers, causing digital errors. I went from Ethernet cords to connecting without strings. Transition been gradual like a gown after four-year marriage. Tall Mac Clarence, no sister Mary, three to mine. I can name on a brick and mortar scene clearly from miles down the road. Hands driving ten and four, tending to be in the headspace to get me far along through this process. Keeping track of my progress when I slide. See the vision when you open your eyes. If you don't, I wish you the best, cause I'm just doing me. Everything I recite is somebody eulogy. Yeah. I'm just showing the braids, but like I said, I'ma do as I please. Yeah. Slipping, falling, catching my balance. The challenge ain't complete till I grip the chalice and fly. Away, releasing my mind from where it's at in this game. Put me on, Chico. Put me on, Chico. Who the fuck? Hey, Mom, shout out to you, bro. Fat. I just became a fan, bro. Fat. Oh my god. How do you spell that? M? Y. Um. L3S? Yes. L3Z. Hey, bro, you slapping that. Pause that. I was going to say, I hear my song yeah. coming in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear my song. Yeah. I'm like, damn, right, you're right playing here? it already. <laughs> no, 3Z. Oh, 3Z. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Miles, brother, shout out to you straight up. I'm a fan. What was that song called? Balance. Balance by Miles. Um, uh, was that on Farther Than Expected or not? I think it was just a single. Okay. I got to find it. All I'm saying is... That motherfucker had Hitter. Me. Yeah, bro. Oh, my <laughs> Hitter. God. Hitter. Shout out to you, bro. Yeah, I met a, uh, saw him at a, at a show a couple weeks ago. So I was tight. I need to start popping out with you. Can you please find the song and add it to my library, brother? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm drinking or what, but I can't find it. Yeah. Find that motherfucker. Um. <laughs> what, dude? It's a, it's a Groundwork podcast. We're allowed to be honest. Mario, you said we could no, be honest, yeah. right? No, no. I'm I got to not be me. Mario, be me. you I'm said going, we could I'm be honest. I'm drunk. I can't. <laughs> Find the song and add it to my library. I'm just gonna let y'all know. It's the first one. Oh. Oh. Well, there you go. Even easier. Oh, balance. Hey, Miles, we locked in, but I'm sorry. You hear me? All right, Mike. Mike, talk about it. Yeah. Who is it? What is it called? I used to listen to this song in high school. It actually propelled my much of my mind state that I got now. And it's from a local guy. His name is AOK Ray Ray Zephy. He's the guy. W R E Y Ray. He fired. Shout my dog, man. Hey Ray, brother. You still owe me a video when we lock it in. Yeah, it's not a new song. It's not a new song. It's an old one, but it's a good one. And it's a Sacramento classic. It's called Unexpected with an X. Real movement, bro. Mm-hmm. We was listening to this way before any of the way before, you know. High I mean? school. Come on. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Ray. A OK. Yeah. It's Ray. A O K. It's that shit you cruise to. Said the best things in life are unexpected. Oh. 
Hey, someone's calling you, Chico. It's not me. It's not, that wasn't my bad. Someone's calling you. Yeah, you gotta get that. Everybody, you gotta restart. Did you hear him, bro? You must not have heard him. Yeah, you must not have heard him. Uh-huh. Thank you, Mario. We love you. We are Sacramento the Lost. Number six. It's Ray OK. Said the best things in life are unexpected So I just twist L's and I never second guess shit The answer to your question is likely in my session So I'ma kick knowledge, open up and pay attention You got your left foot in the past And you're right in your future You tripping over the present I say F it and go a new direction Straight up, go get your cake up Cause once you get in money There's no time for that fake stuff Better get your mind right Pray and get your faith up Kicking it with that flight type They hating cause they ain't us But it's all good We got these goals to accomplish I'll be honest I ain't stressing off for nothing. Close my eyes and hit the chronic. Cause the best things in life are unexpected. So I just twist L's and, and I never second guess it. Looking pessimistic, middle finger to them skeptics. Better yet, I got a middle finger for your message. Correction, I'm blessed with the shit that you, you should mess with. Got your head bobbing, yeah, you riding with that wet shit. Correction, the best shit you know that you should mess with. Swear to God, the best things in life are unexpected. Ooh, smooth fellow, green mixed with the purple. I'm smoking Donatello, feeling like a ninja turtle. Eating pizza high as fuck, you looking mad Now why is that? Put that dumb shit up in the trash bag And get glad, little homie The best things in life are unexpected So I just twist L's and, and I never second guess it Like what if the sky just fell tomorrow, would you kiss it? And if the world ended, would you remember, remember to miss it? No, so why the fuck is you tripping Living your life inside the prison of your own self-conscious That's nonsense, cause you got hella options Focus on your money, be yourself and you will prosper Stressing off tomorrow won't get you to where you gotta go so take it day by day, relax and just go with the flow. I said stressing off for tomorrow won't get you the way you gotta go. So take it day by day and just go with the flow. Cause the best things in life are unexpected. So I just twist L's and I never second guess shit. Looking pessimistic, middle finger to them skeptics. Better yet, I got a middle finger for your message. Correction, I'm blessed with the shit that you should mess with. Got your head bobbing, yeah, you riding with that wet shit. Correction, the best shit you know that you should mess with. Swear to God, the best things in life are unexpected. I said the best things in life are unexpected So I just twist L's and, and I never second guess shit You looking pessimistic, middle finger to them skeptics Better yet, I got a middle finger for your message Correction, I'm blessed with the shit that you should mess with Got your head bobbing, yeah, you riding with that wet shit Correction, the best shit you know that you should mess with Swear to God, the best things in life are unexpected Come on, bruh Then you just let that shit ride out Shout A-OK Ray, man. Hey, Zephy, we love your life, brother. Thank you for being a man. staple in the community, you hear me? That shit remind me of something my mom used to say. Life's about options. Third mom, shut up. <sighs> That's about options, man. Hey, man, shout out to you, Ray. We appreciate your life. You hear me? A-OK, brother. You know what I'm saying? I know you're still in your grizzly when you see you. you hear brother, me? one of the hottest in this city, whether they believe it or not. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Cheat code, uh, you know what I'm saying? This third track up, man. Uh, so the artist's name is T.O.B. Duke. Um, the 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 reason I got put on the bro for real is because of one of the artists in, in the building that Soundbite really brought on. Shout yeah. out to my fucking team member. Shout out to my fucking Chief. Chief. <laughs> yeah, man, Chief Zini, brother. Hey, Chief, we love your life, brother. Oh. You know what I'm saying? This is it, Chief. Really, uh, a Chief, though. So, 
Chief really be cooking with uh, with T.O.B. You know what I'm saying? Him and Duke really be got some. They, they got some tracks, and uh, I wish I could show you some of the unreleased shit, but I can't. <laughs> That's how life shit goes. Uh, but check it out, man. Um, Duke be on his grind regardless, and it's something that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Xenia really put me onto him, really showed me bro going crazy. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't even really tell you where's bro, where, where bro is from exactly. Um, but I know he's not from over here. Yeah, <laughs> he's not from Sacramento. Uh, and he on his grind and he and he putting in that groundwork and he trying to, t- you know what I'm saying, really take those steps to really, really grow his brand and his artistry and everything that he's doing. So this song coming up, bro, is uh, something that I be rocking out to in the mornings. You know what I'm saying? You be talking about those 5 a.m. songs and shit. This is one of those ones. Uh, Road to Riches is what I got up for you, right? Yeah, Road to Riches, T.O.B. Duke, uh, Groundwork Radio. You really got to hear, bro, bro. I'm on the road to riches, swear to God, and I got road rage. Pussy gas, I'm rage. gone. They ain't catching up. Said it took long, but it was perfect timing. Fuck wrong, put that pressure on me, turn me to a dime. They ain't want to see the potential. Backstab me right up in my face, was blind to the issue. You thought I looked the other way, I tried to see it with you. Damn, they broke a nigga hard when I got that news. But I remain standing tall, cause I'm a champion. I was knee deep in that field with war wounds, I had to bandage up. And they counted us out, that's why I stand for us. Stand true to yourself. And don't break, that's worth the king touch. Reflect on everything, all the decision making. That's worth the king touch. All the risk we taking. I had to master patience, I was never in the way. Money to be made, all this time we be fucking wasting. No way, we've been on that shit. Boy, you so late. Get rocky with this chopper pop out, we gon' make it so shake. I stay away from everybody, cause they so fake. This clock got niggas doing anything, it's at a low rate. Road to riches, swear to God, and I got road rage. Pussy gas, I'm gone. They ain't catching up. Said it took long, but it was perfect timing. Fuck wrong, put that pressure on me, turn me to a dime. They ain't wanna see the potential. Backstab me right up in my face, was blind to the issue. You thought I looked the other way, I tried to see it with you. Damn, they broke a nigga hard when I got that news. Everybody got some shit to say, but I don't give a damn. I just stay focused on the mission, get my dividends Daily I've been moving off my feelings, I don't get a plan Try to step to me, little bro, air him like a silly fan Damn, I can't believe my nigga took the stand When you left, you took my heart from me I couldn't see that you weren't real until it dawned on me Knock in hell and I'ma say it with my chest out Brought a lot on me, I wouldn't let you bring the best out I'ma let you bring the best out <laughs> Stop it On the road to riches and I got road rage. He was talking crazy. Super crazy. Shout out to T, man. Look, man. It's Groundwork Radio. As always, if you don't know, you could tune in with all the songs that we always slap on our motherfucking episodes. You could tune in with the Groundwork Radio playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. You know what I'm saying? Go check out what we slapping, man. Every song that we've done slap for the last 10 episodes, it's on our playlist. So go check that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Team shit. Hey man, I'm not gonna lie, bro. We didn't drink two beers, and I gotta use the restroom. There's nine percenters. <laughs> hey, look, man. Nine percenters uh, on that. Big ass. Mike J, number one, bro. Look, I know we family, but for for the camera, for for everybody else tuning in, man, we appreciate y'all sliding. We appreciate you sliding up and and really. Uh, you know, shedding a little bit of light on on your processes and and, and what it is that makes you you, bro. Because there's a lot of things that 
you know what I'm saying, that you do that are that are very um, you know, special to you, bro. There's things that we can take notes from and things that we could we could uh, try to implement in our own lives, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to try to show up every day, even if it's not for 12 hours, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Easy. I take away from this, bro. Me so we too. talk about it all the time, bro, but the more I hear it, you know what I'm saying, the more it, uh, the more it really clocks in. Hey, man, uh, Chico Beats, Big Mike J, We Are Sacramento, The Lofts, City Sound, Soundbite, Freestyle Fridays, Connor... Hey, is this a Chico beat? Yeah, this is a Chico beat. Yeah, yeah. Connor Helm behind the camera before I knocked over the mic. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, send us out. Chico, I always send us out. Send us out. It's groundwork. Yeah. Nah, hell no. Hey, that's yeah. a we. Hey. hey, man. It's groundwork. The platform. You know what I'm saying? The motherfucking podcast. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. This is episode 10. We're going to push it on episode 11 real soon. Make sure you tune in with the movement. Freestyle Fridays getting ready to go on tour. Talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Talk about it. We going down the coast. And hey, we got to cut these mics off before we say too much. Mario, we love you. Shout out, Mario. Shout out the Lost. Shout out the Lost, man. Shout out, we are Sacramento. It's the team. Yeah. Chico, Big Mike J, Connor Hill, Josh Jordan. Freestyle Fridays. City Down. Sound right. XL Smoke Shop. XL Smoke Shop. Don't say nothing else. Yeah, I hit the table a little bit. Hey. Oh, God. All right, Mario. We love you.